Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host. Mark Osterman is here. We have a great show for you. The race happened this past weekend and we are going to recap it from all of the good, the bad, the ugly, and then what is the takeaway from the weekend, plus some of the funniest and most interesting things we saw along the way. We also update you on Paris's Versailles Tower. It may be longer than you think before that opens. Open Table named their top 100 restaurants. Six Vegas eateries are included. The UNLV Rebels football team is having their best season ever and the A's are official. Major League Baseball has approved their relocation. We will talk about all of that and more on this show. As a reminder, you can watch this show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We also have our Patreon where we do a weekly after show. You can either listen to it as a podcast or watch it. That's at patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. So, Mark, did you see that video of all of Caesar's celebrity chefs, or almost all of them, dancing it away for Formula One weekend? All of their restaurants in one room, or almost all of them. Yeah, uh, serious question for you. What was more corny, that Caesar's ad or our ad read last week? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'll go with the Caesar's ad. I feel bad Bobby Flay isn't there, but Martin Yan isn't there either. You know, if he could have just held on with his restaurant for a few more months, he could have been dancing away with everybody else. Yeah, I mean, Lisa's the best of them all. That's what we know, right? Obviously, we have to talk about F1, Mark. The race happened this past weekend. Everybody knows it. You can see Las Vegas everywhere. I don't know where we even start. There's so much to cover here, but let's start with the early problems. Now, I talked on the last show. I was on the strip, and it was very slow all of last week, despite what the media wants to say. In fact, uh, there was an article in the Review Journal this morning saying it was packed. Everything was packed, but we saw videos all weekend of some venues being empty, others being packed. So this was sort of a mixed results weekend, as much as they want to say. I'm sure the economic impact was great but yeah that first practice did you see that valve cover get blown and they had to cancel it kick out all the fans there's even a class action lawsuit against f1 for refunds yeah that's such a weird situation you know they're they're waiting for this race to start they paid all this money they're in their little suite or whatever you know the drinks are flowing half the people are sleeping because you know it's like 2 a.m by this point and then they're like you know what you guys you got to leave right before the practice starts which blows my mind like you know you're going to be there late anyway i I don't know if it was like a union thing that they couldn't work past certain hours or they didn't have you know you think this would be something set up and planned for hey what if things get you know delayed what do we do then and i just feel bad for everybody that paid all that money and didn't get the full experience hopefully they get you know refunded whatever it be and and maybe a little extra but the start time being so late everybody's napping in the lounge it was kind of a crazy situation and it didn't seem all that busy in there either did it it didn't uh to start i I mean f1 needs to refund the tickets for people who just had a ticket for that night i don't think there's any question about it they haven't done it there has been some anecdotal things you can contact them you might be able to do it just come out and offer refunds you're saying all this economic impact all the money you made unfortunately that's a risk you take you know you couldn't deliver the product you should cancel the event nine minutes of practice is not enough that said let's move on and talk about the race itself did las vegas ever look so beautiful i mean i want to say just watching it on tv let's take a step back all the headaches for the last six months all the problems we've talked about which are all valid by the way las vegas looked absolutely beautiful on tv they delivered that visual spectacle that they were looking for yeah when it zoomed out it was pretty epic with all the lights on i think that's part of the reason they wanted to do it you know in the evening and stuff because during the day you wouldn't get the same glitz and glam and i know that the time difference uh, for everybody in europe that watched and and all that stuff but they could have worked it differently 
where people didn't stay up have to stay up until like midnight or 1 a.m but they wanted that night light glow and when it zoomed out it looked great when it was in on the track you couldn't really tell where it was it just looked like they were racing kind of in like a prison courtyard or something with <laughs> chain link fences on both sides but as soon as they as soon as they zoomed back it looked pretty epic and and really special and something pretty cool the camera work was phenomenal as well i'm sure they do this with all the f1 races but some of those helicopter shots following the cars and it was an exciting race too they said that there wouldn't be a lot of passing opportunities but that didn't turn out to be the case there was a lot of passing one big crash which was right down spring mountain into the barricade the wind themed barricade and i mean he was going so fast he probably would have ended up on the freeway uh, if that barricade wasn't there yeah it was pretty wild to see and you did see some rubbing and some bumping and i didn't watch it. i didn't stay up till you know in the middle of the night to watch it but i did uh, catch the highlights afterwards and it seemed like it was a, a fun race but there was a lot of turns and and shorter ends of track and you'd love to see a little bit more straightaways and some opportunities there but they they made the best of it i think so let's talk about the impact of the race this morning everybody's coming out saying this is the best event in las vegas history all the casinos the lbcva so we know that they're tooting their own horn when it comes to this and it did seem to be very successful all the high-end casinos filled up even the lower end ones i noticed on thursday friday hotel rates were pretty low i saw planet hollywood in my account logged in as a diamond member 69 dollars friday and saturday night that went away really quickly and then by saturday morning rates had skyrocketed so i think a lot of people had seen that prices had come down and they decided to come for the race anyway. I think they said 315,000 people visited the city. So that's a success. But we did see empty venues all over town. So the balancing of the crowds wasn't quite as good. But uh, record uh, tips we heard from certain properties like Cosmo. BetMGM had its biggest betting day. I think any event ever for F1 Las Vegas. So a lot of positives here. And maybe a lot of lessons to learn. It can also be we had all these headaches and problems and the race was a success and we can learn and make it better in future years. Yeah, it was really wild to see, you know, like Harris, the the dueling piano. We have a video of that from Twitter and just completely empty, which you never really see that empty. And the flow of people isn't like a normal weekend where everybody kind of just fills up every spot a little bit. It seems like it was really condensed to certain areas. And it was kind of interesting to see what worked, what didn't. I'm sure they're going to learn from that. And the casinos will remember, like, if this happens next year, they'll be like, maybe we close down this area of the casino. You know, we don't need the dueling pianos open for this. There's not enough people to come for it. And they kind of fine tune it a bit and maybe bring in more dealers and fill out the floor instead and stuff like that. Like, move the money where it needs to be moved. But I, I think they'll learn from this and it'll get better. Hopefully, they get better at uh, setting up the track and everything. And it's not so dirty, right? <laughs> I mean, the, the amount of times the F1 commentator called the track dirty is just insane, and it's uh, insulting and everything else. It's not our fault that we have this huge tourist corridor that they actually have to drive regular cars on. Just the whole race dude, is dirty, 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 dirty. That's all he, you know, he probably used other versions of dirty, like filthy, I don't know, but uh, th that was funny. So. <laughs> it makes me think like you're doing a Christina Aguilera dirty song there when you're like dirty, dirty. <laughs> I mean, from the like the first minute, it was just, oh my God, look how dirty it is. It's dirty on the inside. There's, oh God, it was crazy. Some other interesting ones, there was the yelling security guard at people on the uh, pedestrian bridges. It seemed like the struggle was real for people who didn't have tickets to try to get a, you know, a view of the uh, of the race so this security guard what a jerk you don't treat people coming to the city like that you're on a public sidewalk you can ask them to move you don't get in their face shame on you another interesting uh, thing was people at ocean prime they were using the reflection in the glass so they were looking at the race from the reflection in the glass which was pretty cool as well i don't get why not just watch it on tv at that point if 
I mean, you're watching it through glass or a different kind of glass. Like, I guess it's live. But and, and the other thing I want to I want to hear from people in the comments that actually like had to take it to the race and and see if they thought it was worth it. You know, you're only seeing a bit of the track as they're coming through. I'm kind of curious where I feel like NASCAR, when you're in the stand, you can still see the whole track. It's a big circle, you know, most of the time where this is a bit different. And maybe this is some people's first F1 event. So I'd love to hear from uh, you guys in the comments and let us know what you thought about it. If you, if you would do it again, all that type of stuff. Yeah, and they had a lot of events, concerts, all kinds of stuff. Uh, there was mixed reviews of the food. I know somebody posted a picture of like sad looking chicken and waffles, although somebody else said it tasted delicious. Uh, so like any big event, a lot of lessons learned here. They already announced the, the, the dates for next year, I think November 21st through 23rd. So there were rumors that they might move it earlier. Uh, there are still rumors they might go earlier in the night because there were those temperature concerns, although the p cars seem to perform pretty well. So I think overall, the city is going to you know, beat their chest, say this was the best thing ever. It was very successful. I think it looked great. I think the product that they put out to the world was great. All the pain that we've talked about before still existed. Let's hope it does better in future years. That's where I'm at. But it'll be interesting. Towards the end of uh, December, we should get all of the actual numbers from the LVCVA. And then we'll get some earnings calls, too. And we should actually know what the occupancy was across the Strip and how the city did overall. What do you think will be better, this or the Super Bowl, uh, bringing people in and money in? This for sure, because the LVCVA will make sure it is, because this is an event that comes every year. So they will make sure that this is the best thing since sliced bread. Let's move on and talk about other Vegas stuff. Believe it or not, there is other Vegas news. The Versailles Tower, we talked about Cinnamon Girl's experience on the last show, where she showed up having a Versailles Tower room booked. They didn't know anything about it, gave her a hard time. Eventually, she got a suite, but it was a bad experience. Well, somebody sent me a picture. They're staying in Paris's normal tower, and they sent me a picture looking at the Versailles Tower, and you can clearly see the rooms are gutted, and they are not doing any work in there. So don't expect those rooms to come online anytime soon. Yeah, and I think he said this was a couple weeks ago when he sent it in, so you're talking, you know, maybe like late October or something like that. And that's kind of crazy that they were selling rooms and, and still have all these rooms that they probably have sold, you know, for months. And it doesn't look anywhere near done. There's nothing in there. It's kind of bizarre. I, I don't understand what's going on there. Yeah, I mean, they need to make sure that they contact the customers who book these rooms. Uh, there are people that love Las Vegas, right, that watch the show that are in there, that, you know, that were counting on when it went for sale. We talked about it on the show, what, a month, month and a half ago when they were for sale for the first time. And uh, it's strange to see this. So hopefully they should announce something, get a date going, and then obviously contact the customers who are booked in those rooms. Sometimes people book specific rooms. You need to know that, Caesars, because uh, I had that problem at Rio a couple years ago uh, as well. So we'll keep you guys updated. But looking empty right now, completely gutted. And gutted, too, is opium it's closing on december 31st that's that show by spiegel world at cosmo upstairs superfico or god i can never say i always want to say superifico but their italian restaurant that's staying open <laughs> it's been open three years but it opened in march 2018 opium did it's closing december 31st yeah just another one of these shows that we see not you know continue on and that's kind of what we've seen across vegas and we don't know how long the Cirque shows are going to go on, and it's more about concerts and, and residencies, and, and that's just kind of the merge that we're seeing. So it's sad to see another one go. I never got a chance to see this show. Don't really, you know, haven't heard much about it. So there didn't seem like there was a ton of buzz, at least, that I've noticed. Uh, so it's kind of not unexpected, but it's still sad to see another one bite the dust, you know. I've heard anecdotally that absinthe is better. I haven't seen opium, but people do seem to love it. Maybe these people are going to get relocated out to that town that they're building uh, you know, 30 minutes outside Vegas. But just as a reminder, Absinthe is going on Atomic Saloon Show at 
uh, Venetian is still going on, and those are both by Spiegel World as well. No, this seemed very sudden, so we don't really know a lot more about it, uh, but hopefully all those performers get relocated there. As a reminder, our Patreon is now going. You can watch or listen to our weekly after show. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Vegas. Thanks to everybody who supports us over there. Love chatting with all of our patrons. So another casino is closed. This time it's the Silver Nugget. A lot of people who are not like Vegas locals probably don't know about this place. It's over in North Las Vegas, not in the greatest neighborhood, a very old casino. It actually closed in August and I saw this on Twitter, but there was never an announcement. So we expected that it was going to reopen. They said electrical problems. But now the owners have removed it from their website. The phone is dead. They also own that Ojos Locos casino that they just renovated and sort of reopened uh, in the last year. So maybe they're just giving up on good old Silver Nugget, a place they probably should give up on. Yeah, it, it doesn't look like the greatest. I've never <laughs> I've never been to it, never seen it, but it, it looks a little uh, old and worn down. And maybe the electrical problems was a fire they were hoping to happen. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it, uh, it definitely looks like something they need to move on from or at least invest into but if it's not in an area that's going to bring in a ton of money they'll probably just let it be shuttered and, and move on yeah they own an event center next to there and then we like we said they just put a bunch of money into ojos locos so maybe they will do something with the property they do have an active gaming license so we will eventually learn what's going to happen and shout out to john mahaffey vegas advantage he's the one who did all that work finding out the it was off the website the phone was disconnected so thanks to him for that do you think we're going to see a semi come in you know once a year to keep the uh, license active another unique opportunity to gamble in a truck Let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, you know, we love uh, covering those trailer casinos. So Open Table released their top 100 restaurants. And the way they say they do this from diner reviews, dining metrics, so all this sort of st- data that they're collecting, obviously they do a lot of reservations for restaurants, stuff like that. Six Vegas restaurants are in the top 100. Three of them are at Caesars Palace, which is crazy. You have Hell's Kitchen, which is, I don't know, a very big surprise to me. Joe's Seafood, uh, which is well-known and very well-loved. And then uh, Restaurant Guy Savoy at Caesars Palace. The other three, the Eiffel Tower Restaurant, Golden Steer, which we've talked about, and Partage, which is this French restaurant just off the strip in Chinatown. It's in that same strip mall as the Tiki Bar you love. Yeah, I was. I don't remember seeing it. I, I looked up on the map because it looks like a beautiful restaurant and the food looks great. I, you know, I did a little digging because that, that's the only one I hadn't heard of before. And it's right by Golden Tiki and I've been in that strip mall, but never really, you know, noticed it. And it it doesn't really stick out like that strip mall is just kind of any run of the mill strip mall. And then you have this really high end, fine dining French restaurant, which kind of blows my mind. But definitely a place I want to check out now. Yeah, it looks great and sort of a surprise to see that. Again, I think Hell's Kitchen would be the biggest surprise on this list for people because it does have mixed sort of reviews or a reputation, but people seem to really love it. Open Table's collecting tons of data, and that's a very busy restaurant, meaning that they have a lot of data. It's not like, you know, there's hundreds of people probably using Open Table for those restaurants every single day. So it's an interesting choice. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, do you disagree with any? Are there any ones that you think should be on this list of top 100 restaurants? I'm sure Gordon Ramsay is dancing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised how Caesars took over kind of the whole list. You know, not even Caesars Palace, but Eiffel Tower. MGM didn't really get any love there, which kind of blows my mind. Nothing at win. You know, kind of surprising. Dana White is right, right? Uh, Caesars Palace is the best casino in the world. I mean, <laughs> time and time again, we just keep learning. Uh, we should just listen more to Dana White. There you go. So, Mark, the Rebels are 9-2. and two. 
They just won again. They beat Air Force. They're coming back home this weekend to play for the Mountain West Conference Championship or to have the opportunity to host it, actually, because they are in first place in the Mountain West. Probably the best season they've ever had. Exciting. And, I, you know, I got my UNLV hoodie on. It's it's good to talk about UNLV athletics. Come on. This is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see the old days of basketball back. You know, I'm a bigger college basketball fan than football. And the 80s, 90s of UNLV basketball would probably be pretty epic to, to witness live. But so good for the football team. And that's cool that if you finish first you get to host the championship game that's not usually how it works in the bigger conferences so something unique and something kind of cool and and if you are in town that weekend and they end up hosting it i think that'd be a great way to check out the the stadium and and the environment and i'm sure it'll be pretty packed for a game like that and, and something unique yeah it's great to see they are ranked 28th in one of the polls so they're just out of the top 25 so if they can win this weekend then we can get them into the top 25 exciting to see this for unlv football and hopefully they get some nice crowds in a legion to support them they have a game this weekend and then obviously they get the championship game let's go out and support the rebels and staying on sports a sports heavy episode the a's officially are approved to move to las vegas this happened a few days ago the mlb is saying there's tremendous local support and that's one of the reasons they chose this but bally is coming in and saying they're limited to nine acres it was funny this this kind of shade coming from bally's basically saying they only get nine acres. They're not getting any more acres. The three kind of shared acres are really our land that we're going to give access to them, you know, through it. So maybe some behind the scenes kind of tension there, but the A's are coming to Las Vegas. Yeah, I love the, there's so much community support for it when, you know, the teachers union's fighting it right now. And most of the people I've heard from aren't super excited about it. And then you have this whole Bally's thing fighting, you know, about the land size. And it's going to be a, a unique stadium, you know, smaller footprint than you're, than you're used to for baseball stadiums. And then I'm guessing there'll be some easy connectivity to whatever Bally's builds there uh, for the casino and hotel and all that stuff. So that will be unique where... I don't think of any. I can't think of any other uh, baseball stadium that's kind of set up that way with a direct access to to another building. So it'll be cool when it's all done. I definitely want to check it out, but I don't know about the whole local support up, you know, <laughs> super rah rah about this. And then we still don't know where they're going to play for three years. Uh, so that'll be interesting to find out too. Yeah, the options are really the Giants. Was it Oracle Park in San Francisco, yep. and then the Las Vegas Ballpark in Summerlin. So those are the two things. That's a Triple A venue in Summerlin. So those are really their two options. They didn't say anything there mlb did say they waived the relocation fee because they see john fisher putting up so much money to build the stadium the a's still need to get financing for over a billion dollars for this so yeah the billionaires waiving fees for other billionaires oh man i wish they could have kept the a's in oakland and we could have gotten an expansion team it would have been great but this is what it is and the a's are coming yeah I, I, you know he went to mlb and held out his poor pauper hat and was like hey you know I'm spending all this money on a team that doesn't make a ton of money can you please waive these fees <laughs> And they're like, okay, it just goes to show what kind of owner he's he is and what the future brings. Uh, you know, hopefully they relocate and then he sells. I think that would be the best option for for Las Vegas. Yeah, I agree. I, hopefully, you know, that whole conspiracy theory that he's just trying to build the value of the team up to sell it. May, hopefully that's true. This is the one case where you want that to be true uh, so he can sell it. It'll be interesting to see how they integrate those buildings. Like you said, Bally's very adamant that they have that three acres that's shared under their control. So are they going to put a building on that? Are they going to, is the casino going to directly attach to the ballpark? Is that going to be, you know, an open air area? There's a lot to kind of figure out. And with only nine acres for the ballpark, it's going to be very creative in the way that they have to do this. So it'll be interesting to see that. The Tropicana's days are numbered. Here's the timeline. Sometime next year, Tropicana is going to close. We don't know when. It'll probably be towards the end of next year. 
And then the construction on the ballpark will start in 2025 once the Tropicana is completely gone. And then the A's will finally be here in 2028. So hold your breath a little bit because it's going to be a while. Yeah, but we get another implosion video, which is kind of cool too. Oh, but it's the Tropicana, Mark. It's not cool when it's yeah. the Tropicana. I'm sorry. You know, I finally know what all those people in the 90s felt like, you know, when the dunes and the sands and all those casinos were getting imploded. The, you know, the people who had lived through those things, you know, for me, I was a kid. I didn't really know them, but now I know. I know this Tropicana is going to be uh, painful, but it's going to be uh, progress, right? So progress is the middle name of Las Vegas. If Because I know you have a, a soft spot in your heart from childhood, Tropicana. If you could, you know, swap it out for one place to get destroyed to build the A Stadium on the Strip, what would it be? Oh, that's hard. That's hard. Man, I can't. I'm not I'm not a destructive person, Mark. I can't I can't do this. This is uh, <laughs> this is too much pressure. Every I'm going through my head, going through every casino and trying to, to find one. I thought you I'm, just I say guess, circus, uh, here circus. Here <laughs> Harris, no yeah. Harris. There you yeah. go. Here, I I've come around to your hate hatred of Harris to understand that it's just there's nothing really special about it that I can't you know recreate somewhere else. Maybe Link, you could argue to one of those two properties. I would say. Yeah, my uh, number one and two were Harris and and Circus Circus. So those were the two things. I mean, I guess Circus Circus has a little bit of uniqueness to it, and and it still has a place to take kids and you know the games and all that. So I could see uh, Harris is probably number one. Link, I, I don't know. I have a soft spot for Link. Yeah, everybody, let us know what you guys would do. Which casino would you just throw out the window? You don't care. You know, it needs to go. Something needs to replace it. Let us know in the comments. Let us know what you think about the A's, F1, anything we discussed here, the Paris Versailles Tower. Leave a comment there. We do two shows a week, Tuesdays and Fridays, and we'll be back in a couple days with another show. Hit us up on Patreon as well. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. For everybody, that, everybody that's upset about the Christmas decorations, that's what my daughter wanted to do for her birthday. So I want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs>